The Emotionally Uncomfortable Podcast is going live. Yes, you heard that correct. You can come ask your questions and get free live coaching. I'm going to be talking about all things attracting profit and parenting, which if you've been around for a while, profit equals time flexibility, emotional freedom, and all things money and wealth building. And of course, parenting. Come ask about why your kids do what they do, how to motivate your teens, and how you can become the adults they need. And the cool side effect is you can apply these principles to other relationships in your life, like your marriage, team building, and even your own parents. Head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash live to check out the next live podcast recording dates and topics. That's heatherchauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E. See you there. All right. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about um, chapter 10 inside my book, Dying to Be a Good Mother. Your problem child is your greatest gift. A lot of the people who are attracted to my work have one child, meaning they may have multiple children, but there's one child specifically that just uh, pushes their buttons. And I believe that this problem child is our greatest gift, and I'm going to talk about it today, and this is why. So on page 151, chapter 10, your problem child is your greatest gift. I see this common thread in our individual stories so clearly. Some of those common threads are experiences we tuck away, hoping no one will ever notice them. One of those is yelling at our kids and then sinking yet again into shame, fear, and guilt, and worry. Desperate to regain some sense of control in their homes and with their children, women come to me seeking a new way forward. Almost without exception, these mothers have a problem child. The one who consistently pushes their most vulnerable buttons. And the one who escalates the already considerable challenges of motherhood, piercing like an arrow aimed at their squishiest, mushiest spots. What most of my clients are surprised to discover is that their problem child is also a guiding light pointing them towards the journey they must need, they're most needed to undertake. That journey is the one I began when I became a mother and my firstborn, when my son was firstborn. And also the one will begin in this chapter and continue throughout the end of this book. It's ultimately about learning to trust and value ourselves, which is how you'll find the inner knowing and clarity to translate your entire experience around parenting, as well as your relationship with yourself and your children. So that was page 151, 152, chapter 10 of Dying to Be a Good Mother. Um, But let's talk about that and our problem children. So this is, I find, very difficult for people to understand that how do we take, I say problem child, but please understand there are, I don't believe there are problem children. I believe there's behaviors that challenge us. And whether it's parenting or whether it's a health situation or a work situation or any other relationship, time, money, energy, 
These challenges are gifts when we run towards them. But our brain as humans are designed to keep us safe. So we end up staying in the familiar zone. And in um, when we stay in the familiar zone, we don't take responsibility for one, how we want to feel, or two, the way that we're feeling. And so what we end up doing is projecting. And this is where we yell. We project our feelings that are on the inside of us onto those that we love. And that's where the guilt and the shame and the overwhelm happen. And then we continue this this cycle. So problem children. Let's look at the behaviors that are challenging us in our children. And I really encourage you to get out a pen and a paper and to start writing down what those behaviors are that are triggering you. And simply just write it out. And if you are incredibly nervous for somebody to see you writing these things out, then just rip it away, throw it away after, burn it, do whatever you need to do, but you need to get it up and out of you. So write down the behaviors that are incredibly challenging when it comes around your kids. And then ask yourself how you feel about this behavior. So example, I ask my child to clean their room and they just say, yeah, yeah. And then they kind of avoid cleaning their room. It makes me feel disrespected. Okay. So that's what I mean by that. So just writing out the behavior and then next to it, writing, how does this behavior, the thing that's triggering me, how does it make me feel? And then after you get the feeling, you feel disrespected. I want you to do this. And this may be advanced for you. You may not completely understand what I'm talking about, but I want you to turn it around. So example, my child, I ask my child to clean the room. They don't clean their room. I feel disrespected. Okay. So I want you to turn it around. And this is um, inspired by Byron Katie work, B-Y-R-O-N Katie. You can go search her after. My child is disrespecting me or I feel disrespected by my child. They're not listening to me. I want you to cross out child and I want you to put yourself. So I am disrespecting myself. And you may or may not understand what I'm saying right now. And, uh, but I want you to see how many, how in your life you disrespect yourself. And I'm going to give you examples. When I started my parenting journey, I was so enraged and I was so angry. And one of the actual things that I felt out of control with in my parenting that my problem child showed me was their anger. So my oldest was triggering the crap out of me. And when he was younger, he had a lot of anxiety and he had a lot of fears and he had a lot of anger and it triggered the anger inside of me. So if I was doing this activity, I would have wrote down, um, you know, one of his behavior, uh, like I would have wrote down like his outbursts, his emotional outbursts. It makes me feel angry or it makes me angry. Not maybe I would or would not have written out. He makes me angry. Regardless, he was triggering the anger inside of me. And so what I was becoming very aware of from this child was how angry I was, regardless of his behavior, I was an angry person. And so I had to figure out who I was really angry at. And, you know, I had to really sit with my anger. I had to write, I'm angry at myself. And I had to 
asked myself why I was angry at myself. Um, part of it was I was just angry at my circumstance. I was angry at life. I was angry at a lot of people. Um, and I had to heal those parts of myself. I had to go on the healing path to figure out how to heal anger and how to live in alignment with how I wanted to feel. Um, and it takes time. Like, you know, I'm a human being. Anger is something I still express, but it's something I don't necessarily project on other people anymore. If I get triggered, I now know how to process that emotion and how to keep that, not to myself, but how to respond in alignment with how I want to feel. And so the problem child is there to teach you about yourself. But here's where I differ from a lot of parenting um, coaches and a lot of parenting support. Um, yes, your children are here to teach you that, you know, about yourself and to grow and to do your own healing. That's number one. But we're not even talking about the child who is actually challenging you, right? So the child is here to project and challenge you and to trigger you and to get you to look at your stuff where you need to heal and you need to grow. But the child also needs help. So let me step back a little bit. <clears throat> the child, the child's actual challenge needs support as well. But most of the time, we cannot even get out of our own way because we are so triggered. So we have you as the adult who needs to do your own personal development work. And then we have the child who needs to be taught skills and, to be honest, just needs to be human. Sometimes we want to fix our children and we know that we cannot fix our children. We can just guide them. And so it's this balance between giving our kids the tools that they need, but also giving them the space that they need just to be human. So anger. Okay, so my child projects anger onto me. This child is my problem child. They are challenging me, challenging me. What am I being taught? What is this behavior teaching me that I'm incredibly angry, that I don't know how to manage my own big emotions like anger? So then I do my own inner work while simultaneously trying to support my child. So then I feel in control of my anger. So then I am not so triggered when my child is doing that because then I can see clearly and support my child with their anger as well because I have mastered that skill myself. So that's number one is you need to be the master. You need to master um, the lesson so that we can then become the teacher to our children. And then we can see with clear eyes what the actual challenge is because all behavior is a language. So when the child is projecting anger, is it emotional regulation? Is there something else going on? What is this behavior there for? So example, let me go back to uh, the example of my child is disrespecting me. I'm asking them to clean their room and they're not... Um, they're not cleaning their room and I feel disrespected. Well, number one, I need to work on respecting myself more, right? How am I not respecting myself? And this is where I show so many women, like, how are you not respecting yourselves? And, or I ask them and they say to me, like, 
well, I never speak my truth. I never hold boundaries. I always, I'm a raging people pleaser. I never do anything for myself. I just give, 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 give. And I feel incredibly disrespected. And I'm like, great. So now you're being taught to respect yourself more, respect your time, respect your energy, respect like your purpose, like respect who you are as a human. So number one, you have to start doing that work. You have to start holding like a boundary. And these are all skills that may be brand new to you, which is again, like part of the evolution and the whole point of personal development. You need to practice and develop these skills. So you're being taught that you're being shown that in this relationship. Then you have to, once you get that figured out, then you can see clearly what is going on with the child. And you're like, okay, what is going on here? What's the apathetic, like emotional reaction? Like, why aren't they motivated to clean their room? Then you start to communicate with them differently. And it might be something like, hey, let me help you, right? The child might be so overwhelmed. They may be, I mean, regardless, it might just be their brain development, but they might just be so overwhelmed that you just, you want to live in alignment with how you want to feel and you want to feel connected in that relationship. So you're like, hey, let me help you. Let's get started. You're like, I'm not going to do it all for you, but let me help you, right? I'll take the food out of here. I'll take the clothes out of here. What part do you want to do? So you start to co-create this life with your children instead of judging them and projecting your own emotions onto them. And so they come to you, they trigger you, you process that, you work on your shit. And then the way that it comes out and you communicate with that child is how we kind of heal this cycle of the problem child. Because traditionally what has been taught or what the mainstream commonality is for parents is they they don't take any personal responsibility for their emotions or their behavior. And so we just blame and shame our children. And when you're blaming and shaming your child, that child creates a bigger disconnect with you. There's no emotional connection. They actually shrink. They go into fight, flight, freeze, fawn, and they shrink or they expand, right? So they will not communicate with you. They will not be open with you. And then they're in their own head trying to solve their own problem. And this is how we get emotionally immature adults and children. And this is why we live in a culture where there's absolutely little to no emotional intelligence. If you are an adult and you live in modern society, I could ask you, like, do you know, uh, do you work with emotionally immature adults? And most people will say, yes. Like, do you know emotionally immature adults? Most adults do not how to manage their emotions. And for whatever reason, this is just becoming mainstream common knowledge now. And like parents are just starting to learn to take responsibility for their emotions. But the thing that triggers us the most about our children, especially the ones that you're going to label as the problem children, are the emotional behaviors. So it's like, how can we teach and guide our children to be happy, calm, and confident, and well-rounded, and nice people if we don't have the same skill that we want to them to be? And so it's the same as education, right? We are putting the responsibility on other adults to raise our children when in the instance we have to realize that we are one of the first role models that our children are going to have. So emotional intelligence and managing those big emotions first starts with us so that we can then clearly see what is going on with our children. We can advocate 
and um, and we can learn to communicate in alignment with how we want to feel. So today's episode is short and sweet, but it's really just all about like chapter 10, your problem child is your greatest gift that when we can run towards our challenges and our children's big emotions, when we can like see, say, what is this trying to teach me and show me as a human? Write out those triggering behaviors, like everything that drives you nuts. Write out how it makes you feel, okay? And then take responsibility for that feeling. And if you look at it and you think, I have no idea how to manage this or how to like, you know, not feel this way, um, then just know that that's um, a learning curve for you. That's an energy gap. That's like easy peasy. When we're not taking responsibility for how other people make us feel, we are, we are literally projecting and chronically blaming everybody else in the world for our feelings. When in fact, like we know as soon as the wind changes direction, as soon as the media puts out like a different news cycle, your emotions are going to be up and down and up and down and up and down. And yes, we are all affected by other people, but they won't be so extreme by highs and lows because you will feel emotionally in control from the inside out. So learning the skill yourself is essential in my perspective to raising emotionally intelligent children who have a sense of fulfillment and um, worthiness. And when you start to acquire the skill, I see it with my clients all the time. When you start to acquire the skill, you're looking through a new lens. So you're looking at your children's behavior through a new lens. And when you start to do that, it's like the clouds start to part and you're not so judgmental about their behavior, but you can actually see what's going on with them. And so sometimes when I see parents you know, blaming or judging a child's behavior of like, well, they're saying this and they're saying that. And I'm like, yes, but those are just words. Their actual behavior is saying something else. And the reason why it's so difficult for you to understand is because you don't yet have the skill that you want them to have. And so then we feel out of control and then we start parenting from a place of fear and the vicious cycle continues. So your problem child is your greatest gift. I would love to know your biggest takeaway from today's episode. Uh, You're welcome to send me a message on my um, kind of my podcast app where I chat with people. So Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com forward slash chat. Let me know what was your biggest takeaway. Is there a follow-up that you want me to talk about on this episode? I look forward to hearing from you. I sometimes joke that I wish I taught people how to make green smoothies for a living, but I know I'm doing that because I'm trying to run away from what brings me joy. And what brings me joy is helping women and men, families in general, and children feel alive. And sometimes that journey to feeling alive is painful. It's emotionally uncomfortable, and it's not always easy. This is why I created the Aligned Life Quiz. So if you're tired of being tired, you want to stop just surviving, and you want to find out exactly where to focus. 
and access realistic tools to confidently manage your energy, emotions, and impact, you can head on over to Heather Chauvin, C-H-A-U-V-I-N dot com forward slash life quiz. It takes you two minutes and it's going to show you. I call them internal leadership skills. Where do you need to focus your energy and attention for the quickest results? And also, which phase are you living in? So head on over to heatherchauvin.com forward slash life quiz to take the aligned life quiz right now. If you're ready to stop just surviving and you want to start thriving, but you don't know how to manage it all, go there. It will take you two minutes and it will change your life. I also, on the inside, show you which podcast episodes to listen to based on your quiz results. HeatherChauvin.com forward slash life, L-I-F-E, quiz. 